0: everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And today we're going to be talking about marketing, my favorite topic. Well, one of my favorite topics, and yours too. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a
1: laugh of derision? No, it's fine. You like marketing? Yeah, Parts of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's uh, done very nicely on our AMS ads, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Anyway, so we've decided to forego our quote and tip for this episode and pretty much all of the future marketing episodes, mainly because, you know, a tip is basically what this whole episode is, is marketing. (laughs) And we're just going to get into the meat of things. But before we do, as promised, my Big Bang Promotions course is available for half off and you can use the coupon code just because. And go to com. Did you like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just because, yes. Uh, go to selfpublishedrongcourses.com and find the Big Bang Promotions course. You have to. I think you have to click on see all courses or whatever, but it's in there and then put in coupon code just because. And don't, okay, so we have had a couple problems when people buy the course on their cell phones. Make sure you, have, you can see a spot where you need to enter in a coupon code because if you don't enter that in at, at before checkout or at checkout, then you will be charged full price. So make sure that you have a spot where you can enter it in. And I know a couple people said that they were only able to buy it on their desktop, which hopefully is fixed by now. Anyway, that expires June 23rd, 2018 at midnight. And that is next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. So I figure we'll give two episodes where we can remind people about it. Anyway, so just a little bit about the course, just so you know what it is. It's I, I teach you about Amazon algorithms, um, reviews and their importance, and launching and relaunching books and series. And then I'll, I also give case studies for the relaunches I've done and whether they've been successful or not. And then I discuss in great detail download bonuses, working with other authors, and how to know if the algorithms for your books are struggling and ways to fix them if they are. And for those of you who aren't sure or under where Amazon algorithms are pretty much your key to making money on Amazon. So you need to pay attention to your Amazon algorithms. And I teach you what is important and how to know if you're having problems there. And then in part two, I uh, teach you how to prepare your readers for downloading. And I also go over running small, big and steady traffic promotions. And then I give you my case studies and large promotions I've run along with things I've learned from each and how I would do them differently. And then, those case studies also include several websites that consistently perform well for me and other authors. So there's a ton of meat in this one. It's uh, one of my longer courses, so there's it's just it's full of lots and lots of meat. So like I said, coupon code just because. Go to courses.com and it expires next Saturday night at midnight. That's June twenty third, two thousand eighteen. For those of you listening in the future, <laughs> we're now listening in the future from when I just said that. It's true. Anyway. All right. So we've also decided to add a feature to the podcast where we showcase an excerpt from one of, from a book from one of our $3 per episode supporters. So basically if you support us at the $3 per episode level, you'll get uh, to submit movie ideas, you know, the movies you want us to talk about and you'll get your questions answered. And then plus we'll read an excerpt from your book and the excerpt will need to be 500 pages or less or whatever 500
1: pages. Wow. <laughs> Very generous.
0: We'll read the whole book and then some. We'll read two of your books. You as get a podcast. free audio
1: book for the three dollar a month. <laughs>
0: three dollar per episode. Per
1: episode um apparently we're committing (laughs) to that
0: yes three five hundred words 500 Uh, characters there including spaces
1: i like it (laughs) if you can't hook me then then forget it (laughs) it was a dark and stormy night boom done i'm in i'm in
0: (laughs) i actually really really like uh what's her faces it was a dark and stormy night and meg had a dream and what is that from they just made a movie out of it um
1: a Wrinkle in Time. Yeah,
0: a Wrinkle in Time, which I, I would like to watch. Still, we still haven't seen that one. Anyway, Nolan Nolan really wants to see that one. Yeah, no, I don't.
1: <laughs> he thinks they d- overdid everything. Yeah, it's it's a uh, cartoonishly absurd looking.
0: Yeah, which doesn't mean it's not a horrible movie or not not a good movie. I mean. Yeah. Anyway, it,
1: it, it offends me aesthetic- aesthetically.
0: I am okay. <laughs> It's a visual medium. Two minute trailers and it offended you. It's a
1: visual medium. They throw your best stuff in the trailer.
0: Sometimes they even throw some of the best jokes in trailers and then they don't appear in the actual movies.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, trailers are lies where they try to. They're just sugar.
0: It's like the. Which one was it? The Pirates of the Caribbean one where.
1: How he says, take that. And it's like totally different in the movie.
0: No, that. He's like. He's like, we can't leave without Captain oh, yeah. Jack Sparrow. And he's, and he's like, let's go. And he totally says something totally different in the movie. And I was like, that wasn't even fun. It wasn't even funny. The trailer had it right.
1: Yeah. And they didn't put it in the movie, even though it was the same scene. Yeah. Durr. Yeah, exactly. Good job, Hollywood. Exactly. So
0: um, I'm, I've got actor and stage experiences, experiences, <laughs> five of them. So I'm probably going to read the excerpts from the books unless you feel strongly nolan
1: No, go ahead. I I sound like I'm reading. <laughs> and then the thing and the other thing and Where am I? And then you know. Right? Yeah, well, I don't
0: know. I haven't I haven't heard you read for a very long time. Mm -hmm. anyway, so the excerpt today is going to be from my book because, you know, and then next week will be from Alice's book.
1: And then our- uh, And then my book,
0: and then Alice's book, and then my book, and then Alice's book until we have uh, other Patreon supporters. Or until we run out of books. Or until we run out of books, which by the way, I've got over 40 published, almost 50 now. So it's going to be a while. It'll be at least a year before we run out of books. (laughs) I'm kind of doing a little inward uh, cackle and- sinister laugh over here. I recognize you guys aren't my, my target audiences, but I do my target audience, but I do know that there are going to be readers. I mean, authors are readers too. And we have fantasy listeners on this show and romance listeners. And so we will, there will be people who will be interested in your book. So I am going to do an excerpt from discern Mosaic Chronicles book one, which is an award-winning and best-selling urban fantasy novel by me. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and read that says Nicole put her stuff down, not wanting anything to be in her hands when she picked up the disgusting book. She reached for it, but hesitated. Already she could sense warmth coming from the leather cover, and she wasn't even touching it. Its magical pulses were different from the other items. They seemed to drip off the book like sweat. Nicole hesitated, but wasn't sure why. It wasn't as if something bad would happen, right? She took a deep breath and placed her hands on the book. It shivered under her touch, and she cringed, pulling back. The sensation of warm leather made her flesh crawl, and she rubbed her hands and arms on her jeans, trying to get the feeling to go away. Come on, Nicole, don't wimp out. Without letting herself think about it, she picked up the book and lifted the cover. A wind rushed over her, blowing her hair back, roaring in her ears. She caught a brief whiff of tobacco smoke before the surge of air reversed and sucked the breath out of her lungs, making her gasp. The floor under her quaked. The book vibrated. The leather on the cover moved, muscles beneath it flexing. Nicole tried to drop it, but couldn't. She was unable to control her hands or fingers. They clenched so tightly they ached. A shadow covered the pages of the book, preventing her from reading. What was going on? She gasped again, trying to breathe against the strong wind. Nicole felt someone touch her shoulder, but she couldn't move. Her fingers still clung to the book. The shadow on the pages shifted, roiled, and turned toward her, the brief outline of a face visible. It watched her for several moments. Nicole. The voice was soft, deep. A strange yearning inside her made made her want to read the book, to understand, to join the owner of the voice, though she didn't know where or what he was. The wind slowed to a gentle and familiar caress across her cheek. Familiar? Then suddenly it all stopped. The book fell from her hands and slammed itself shut. She backed away, her arms, legs, everything shaking. "'What happened?' Professor Coolidge asked next to her, making her jump. "'I... I don't know.' Nicole tried to smooth her hair, but her hands shook too much. She tucked them under her arms. "'It said my name, and... and there was a shadow inside it.' Coolidge lifted the leather book. His mouth popped open in surprise. "'You've activated a force within it, something alive.' He looked at her fear and worry on her face. How did you do that? Nicole shook her shook her head. I don't I don't know, she repeated. Professor Coolidge put the book back on the table. I'm I'm not sure what to say other than the book is much more powerful than it used to be. He peered at her, scrutinizing her. And I'd love to know why it called to you, why you woke it up when so many others have not. And that's the end of the excerpt. I feel like I should ask you for comments.
1: <laughs> Good job, honey. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it.
0: Okay, so we're gonna go into. Oh, I have a so- Oh, updates. Okay, we're flipping a house, and we're finally getting it under control. Uh, the first two weeks were quite horrendous. The things we discovered there—normal uh, people would have died, literally. Like we were, we were, we're ex- we're superheroes or something. I agree. <laughs> there was a lot of dead mice everywhere, and mouse. It was in.
1: very. Difficult to hire someone to tear it out for us.
0: (laughs) But he did a very, very good job. He did, yes. And yeah, so he got all the dead, all the gross stuff out. Not all the dead bodies. There's still some dead bodies there. I feel like we're talking about a murder mystery. (laughs) Anyway, so we are flipping a house and this week we've hired handymen to help us so that we can get back to focusing on books because flipping a house is time consuming. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Everybody. Everybody. This was our first house to flip, and uh, my brother flips houses. He's flipped four or five now. And anyway, so, and then his realtor friend's been doing it for eight years, and he's mentoring us through this. It's kind of exciting. Through the grieving process? Through the grieving process of dealing with moldy and rotted subfloors that we're having to tear out and joists that are actually healthy, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so we are going to go on to our Patreon uh, questioners, Patreon supporters questions, and that's that's you, Alice. <laughs> so Alice was asking about marketing multiple pen names and managing multiple pen names while raising a toddler, which um, we kind of know
1: a little bit about. Do you have any initial thoughts on that? Don't mix them up. <laughs> don't mix what up? It, the, the pen names, like don't promote, cross promote. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, it totally screws you over
0: yeah so don't tell your readers uh, is that what you're talking about don't mm-hmm. yeah so expound on that a little bit
1: um so like say for instance fantasy and romance if which you're,
0: which she's doing and that's what and i'm that's doing that's
1: what we we did um if you tell your fantasy readers that you wrote a romance they start buying your romance books and then you're also bots on the bottom instead of showing your other fantasy books it starts showing romance books
0: so use me as a case. As a... Don't do
1: that. We did that. Don't do it.
0: <laughs> and this is funny because we even knew better, right? Yeah. But so... So everybody always says that, you know, once you have your Amazon algorithms in place, it's okay to tell non, you know, non readers about, you know, of that genre. That's not always true. And we discovered that. So the theory was, once you have a solid stream to the book of people who read that genre and download that genre, then Amazon will be like, Oh, this is who reads this genre. And then you'd be safe to tell other people about it. Well, I had a nice steady stream, a very nice steady stream on my my western my sweet western romance books. And then I decided I was like, you know, I have a lot of readers who will read everything I write and I felt bad hiding it from them. So I told my readers, and if you go to Andrea Kate Pearson's books, my romance books, you will see fantasy in my also bots and you will see books that have nothing to do anyway. So I totally messed up my also bots on on that, which by the way, when you mess up your also bots, you mess up your algorithms.
1: Amazon's, it doesn't know who to show the ads to.
0: Who to show the books to?
1: Or... Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't know who to target the ads to. It gets confused
0: for the AMS ads.
1: Yeah, no, for the algorithms, they don't like you break. Oh, the... you mean when
0: Amazon sends ads yeah, out? Yeah,
1: because they, they it spends a lot of time trying to be very targeted, mm-hmm. and then you make it not targeted, yep. and then it doesn't know what to target, and then it just it waters
0: shows... down their pro. pro um... Waters down their efforts, which makes them give up, basically. Yeah. And my romance books still still sell, even though I haven't done anything since September, October. No, no, no. December. Was that when we released them? December is when we released them. I've just been focusing on fantasy uh, too much and... Or just enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, okay. So, marketing multiple pen names. You need to make sure that you are solid on one pen name before... Um, I I don't know, like this is a really, really tough one. I've I've been writing under fantasy for a really long time, you know, since the beginning of time. <laughs> since the beginning of my time as an author. And I felt I felt confident moving over to romance. And fantasy is where I make my money. Romance has a huge potential for making money. But it's kind of it's really hard. I'm gonna be honest, it is really hard to market two pen names. And it's not just—I mean, there's like the the switching factor, you know, switching
1: cost. Switching cost, and but you can't you can't mix them either. That's the problem. So you can't, you know, what I mean. They have to be separate.
0: So like fantasy and science fiction, you could mix those together. Those are more
1: mixable. Yeah, yeah, but fantasy and. Romance. romance not so much.
0: Yeah. So you you my advice is make sure that you really really want to do this and then make sure that you've got time set aside to devote to both because it's hard to manage one pen name, which you know, my Andrea Pearson is technically a pen name. It's hard to manage one author name let alone two, especially while you're raising a toddler.
1: Yeah, because there's just not a lot of crossover in in your workload.
0: Yeah. So you will be doing the same amount of work for both names. So if you're struggling with one name, just recognize that that amount of work will
1: need to be devoted to both names. So uh, mm, hire an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, because I mean, in order to really be successful at two, and you can be, yeah, it just takes twice as much work. I yeah. Mean, it just does. Him. It really does. Yeah. Because um, you're always going to be shortchanging the one. Yeah.
0: To in favor for the other so my advice with that is and
1: that's, okay. that's okay like you know because you can go in like waves as long as they're not too far apart yeah you can't go too long without paying attention to your romance again
0: otherwise you it kills off all of your, all of leads, your momentum, your and momentum and we talk about yeah. how
1: mo- important momentum is part of that is algorithms yeah part of the momentum is is amazon realizing that your books are selling and then wanting to show it to more people yep and so if you stop pushing that and it starts to slow down then it also doesn't want to show people stuff. Yeah. And then you lose even more momentum. So anyway, we'll talk about that sort of thing as well. Yeah. At some point. So. Um, And like why spikes are bad, you know, it's better to be slow and steady and stuff like that.
0: So, okay. So my advice is focus on one genre for six months of the year and then focus on the other one. So you, if you are a fast writer or even if you're not write as much as you can under the one genre and, and then don't release them and do staggered releases while you're writing the other genre so that you've got something coming out all the time. So basically like January through June, write a whole bunch of fantasy. And then July through December, release those once a month or once every two months or once every three months, however, however many you write. And then while you're ri- releasing those, be writing your romance or you and know and
1: then as soon as you're done with romance you can switch,
0: switch back, back to fantasy yeah and then you you'll find whichever one you're most passionate about and which one makes you the most money so right now i'm most passionate about and about fantasy and it makes us the most money and i do know that if i had more time i would be writing more romance you know but because m- romance does have a bit more of a, a an ability to make money because it's so much more straightforward than fantasy
1: yeah you don't have to do all the world building and, and
0: it's and hard to get a, a romance
1: wrong, you know. Magic systems. And, yeah. And then being efficient at transferring that information to the reader. And yeah. Then, you know, so it makes sense because you're making them visualize something that's not possible. That's why it's magic. Yeah. And then why that works instead of, yeah, romance.
0: Okay. So she's got, she says she has four books published under her real name, Fantasy, and then she's starting a pen name to publish Romance. She's only looking at having two names on the go at once, which I I I give you thumbs up on that. Don't don't do more than two. Most authors I know who've done more than two end up killing off one of the extras or combining.
1: Yeah, like we have nonfiction under the fantasy name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because that's fine. I mean, it's,
0: it's it's I don't focus on my nonfiction, so it doesn't no. cause any problems. There's no also bots, you yeah. know, mess up there.
1: Even under ideal circumstances, usually don't outsell your main thing anyway, so Mm -mm. it doesn't interfere. Yep. But you can do that. I mean, you know.
0: And I wanted to do it under the same name because I wanted authors who were interested in reading my books to be able to say, hey, oh, she she actually does this for a living. You know, she actually writes. So I didn't want to have that separated out. And then I also knew that I wouldn't ever hugely heavily push nonfiction. Um, I want to, but... We're raising kids, you know.
1: Is so. three genres. <laughs> yeah. How many genres is enough?
0: <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so she had a question about launching price for a first book, and and she's like, it could be genre specific. She's leaning toward launching at two ninety nine with a regular price of four ninety nine. And uh, my question would be:
1: Is this prior? Is this
0: Kindle Unlimited? Is this which genre is it?
1: Um, I'm assuming fantasy.
0: Um, she's looking at, okay, so she's, I don't know. Okay, we'll just, we'll just talk about any, any genre. I'm going to say launching at $2.99 is fine. I would say keep your books at 2 dollars or full price, $4.99, until you have several, multiple books out, and then consider dropping the price of the first book. But it depends on what your, what your strategy is. If you are wanting to get a whole ton of downloads, which does, does lead to reviews and all that, then launching it free is a good idea if you are wanting to get training your readers like if you launch it free sometimes that trains your readers at all the time to want to expect the book to be free i launch all of my books at full price now i don't i very very rarely launch at at free or at a discount mainly because my readers i've been doing this and so if they're going to buy they're going to buy and Kindle Unlimited, you get pages read, and so I launch my new books into Kindle Unlimited, and then after they've been there for a few months, I pull and put them out wide. Um, let's see. Do you have any thoughts on the price?
1: No, that, that makes sense. I, I'm, we don't have enough information, so... Um to answer this one, but I think we've covered kind of the basis. The, the biggest question I had was if it was in Kindle Unlimited because that changes things quite it, a bit. Yeah, it does. Because it's kind of like launching free and for full price at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it depends on when your next book is coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's close, then I'd be more inclined to say $2.99 if you're going to release another book quickly at $4.99. Mm-hmm you know, as a lead in book. But if it's going to be more, if it's going to be a long time before you release, then I don't know.
0: Yeah. I would say if it's, if it's not a first book in a series, launch at full price, don't launch at a discount price. Um, because you have, you'll have readers who will buy your books at full price. And then you'll want to wait six months to a year before you discount again, because you don't want to launch at full price and then be disappointed that nobody bought it and then drop, you know, nobody, 10 people, 30 people, hundred people bought it. And then Be like, okay, well, if I drop the price, you know, and then drop the price a few weeks later and then have more people down, you'll, you're burning your most dedicated readers when you do that. And then, and it's also training people to wait for, you know, a couple of weeks until you drop the price. So, okay. So I guess for this one, I should have had you read these questions a long time ago because I w- didn't know you'd want follow-up questions for her. That's fine. She can submit <clears throat> them. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Go ahead. And and if you'd like to go ahead, Alice, and give us a little bit more information on that Kindle Unlimited, um, the genre and all of that, and then we can better answer that one. And then she asked if there's anything I do to help switch between marketing time and writing time and I'll just, I'll just read the rest of her thing here to put you like to put you in the right mood for what you need to focus on, especially when I've limited time to work on my author business. I find it's hard to make sure I'm striking the right balance and keeping up momentum on both marketing and writing. My, I'm a project oriented person. I don't deal well with daily maintenance. Nolan's nodding. (laughs) I think I've said that a few times on this podcast. And so I do things in, in like, um, big chunks. So I will take like a day or a whole week off of writing to get a marketing system set up or to get my automation sequence going or to, you know, whatever I need to do, I'll, I'll take whatever time I need off of writing because I know I will always get back to writing. And then if, if I drag it out, it takes forever and I never get anything done. And so with marketing, like I'll set up my Facebook ads and I'll do a whole bunch of stuff all at once and I will monitor my ads and everything. And then I have gotten to a good system with monitoring ads where I do it about once a week or once every two weeks on Facebook, since they don't require as much hand holding now and where, where that works out and that doesn't detract from my writing, but I don't start new ads until I am ready to take a break from a book generally. If you are a daily maintenance type person, I would say set up a, a solid schedule where you write before the kid wakes up or you write during naps or you write after bed. And then the other times when you're doing other things, you mark it. And my my thing as a parent and I know this doesn't a lot of people don't necessarily agree with this is this is how my mom raised us. I want my kids to be as independent as possible. And so they have lots of mommy time. They get cuddles, they get hugs. I read to them and everything, but I don't spend every single waking moment entertaining them, mainly because that leads the child to grow up to believe that mommy is there to entertain them constantly. And then they get bored easily and expect you to solve their boredom. And this has been hugely beneficial for me as a, as a writer and a mom to young kids. I, we, I get up in the morning, I get my work done you know, book work done, whatever I'm working on. And then they wake up at 745. I get them fed, dressed, and happy. And then I set them loose on the house for an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, depending on them. And then I get more work done during that time. And it's not as easy when you only have one child, I'll have to say that. But our oldest, she's actually very independent, because I was that way with her, you know. I would give her... I would come up with games that were applicable to her age. Like one thing I did was I got like a wrapping paper tube, an empty one, and I taped it to the wall and I gave her a marble and I let her roll it down and you do it at an angle. And she did... She played with that thing for hours and and he plays with her now playing with that. So I would find little type things that she could do to entertain herself that didn't require a lot of input from me. And this is very geared to people who have kids. And I realize most of our listeners don't have kids. Probably the vast majority don't or don't have little kids. Her
1: specific question is about that.
0: That's true. Good point. So I'm not wasting everybody's time. I'm actually asking, answering her question. Yeah. Anyway, so, so, and then take advantage of nap times, just making sure that you are, you, like some people say, and this has helped me too. the night before, make sure you know exactly what you're going to be working on the day after the next day so that you're ready to get working on it as soon as you wake up.
1: Uh, do your most important task first.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, if you know that if you get online, you will never write, then you need to write first. And, you know, get that out of the way before you do any of the other little odds and odds and ends. So here's the thing. Marketing does not matter if you are not writing books. If you're not producing more books, then it doesn't matter how much marketing you do. You will eventually run into a dead end and eventually will run out of readers. So make sure you are writing books and putting that above and beyond marketing. Okay. So that was involved. I hope that that Answered questions. If you have any more questions, Alice, go ahead and ask them, and we can clarify if it's a, if it's a short clarification, we can clarify and say the next episode. And if it requires longer clarification, then we'll probably put that until the next marketing episode. Anyway, so you want to give us some updates on AMS and all that?
1: No, <laughs> you said you had juicy details. Uh, well, it's. Um, I mean, I can. It's not applicable to the topic of this episode
0: well i know but we are gonna every episode we're gonna give a brief update on what we're doing
1: well this is more i don't say a secret kind of obvious thing it's about targeting yourself
0: oh yeah go ahead
1: so uh, have you ever been to your own author page me are you anybody just like this is like i'm like they can't answer (laughs) you author hey you andrea yes have you ever been to your homepage?
0: I, I go there every day.
1: Thank you. Ten okay, times a day. I, everyone should. Um, <laughs> her is not your own.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone should go, go to my.
1: Andrew's page. <laughs> um, there's at the top, right? There's like your picture. Mm-hmm. And then there's like books and a list horizontally, right? Yeah. And then there's also them vertically, correct? Yep. And then the first vertical slot mm-hmm. is a sponsored product ad. Mm-hmm. It could not, it could very well be someone else's book. Unless you are targeting yourself, it will be somebody else's book. Yeah. Target yourself because you don't want the first book people see on your own author page to be someone else's book. (laughs) Do you understand? The (laughs) the number one search term that sells books for Andrea Pearson is Andrea Pearson. Those like 5%, I know ACOS isn't, you're not really supposed to use uh, as a, it's a way of measuring, but I'm talking... 25 50 or less Mm -hmm. down to i've had two and a half percent acos sales yeah targeting andrea pearson it seems kind of silly why would you spend money when they're already on your page they've already made it to your page
0: because then you're not getting they're not getting distracted away
1: because then they don't get pulled away from your page yeah once they're there you want to keep them there yeah and if they clicked on the sponsored product ad and spot the book it's worth it
0: yeah and you can do the same thing with titles of, of your books right Target yes. your titles of your own
1: books so that. Yeah, they don't seem to sell as much though. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done Mosaic, like all the big Mosaic Chronicles, you know, Kalenia. Um, they do occasionally, but the number one search term that sells books for Andrew Pearson is Andrew Pearson, mm-hmm. period, by a lot. Yeah. By like t- 10 or 15 to 1 search terms. Mm hmm.
0: Which is awesome. I mean, I mean, it may it's take a while. Kind for... of self fulfilling because they're searching for me. But exactly.
1: But they're But you're keeping the traffic of people who actually got to your page. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, there's my juicy detail. Don't let other people outbid your traffic to yourself. Yeah. And this may not be applicable until later when people are actually bothering to search for your books because when that's
0: we're... that's why you run promotions and things like
1: that. Right. So that so it... especially do it when you're running a promotion. Yes. Yeah. I made sure we had a ton of those going when we did a book bub. And I captured all that traffic and kept it. Yep. Because people will siphon off your traffic. You you get a book bub. People come to your page, see somebody else's book, and then leave. Yeah. You want to keep them on your page. Yep. That that's my that's my main thing. And um, sometimes people forget about you. And I don't know. It's nice to like they're like don't necessarily remember the name of your book. They just remember you're an author. And like, what's that one person's book I liked again? And then they type in the name. Yeah. And then find you again. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, there you go. There's my, there's my tirade.
0: There's your little juicy tidbit about AMS ads.
1: Yeah, they're really effective at um, leading traffic to places where people will buy stuff. And if Amazon thinks someone else's book will sell on your page better than your own, then they will <laughs> show someone else's ad on your page.
0: Okay, so an update on Facebook ads. Um, I've my one box set ad finally ran its course. It was getting really good clicks and everything, but the relevancy score was going down and the cost per click was going up, which no, the cost per click was staying about the same. The relevancy was going down, which means it was no longer relevant. The audience had run its course and I got it up to $16 a day, which I feel really good about. I've never been able to scale an ad that much. And I have, I, t- I took the ad. I didn't turn it off. I actually just changed the audience. Anyway, so yeah, so I I changed the audience. How long ago would, did I do that? Just a couple days, right? Just a couple days. So we don't know. We're it's still... doing really well. It's down to eleven cents per click again. Yeah. So States... and I dropped the cost. I it's down to like ten dollars or twelve dollars a day or something. It'll so. take
1: time to get data.
0: Exactly. So I'll keep everybody updated on that one. And that's one ad. I've also got one ad going to the Shade Amulet, and that book still sells. I mean, I still get a decent ROI on that ad. Anyway, so let's talk about launching and relaunching. Do you want to talk about, do you remember how the launch for Key of Klenya
1: went? The original? Yeah, the original. Way back in the day?
0: Way back in the day. No,
1: I don't remember.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we launched it at free. Oh yeah, we did. And we are going to keep it free for a while. And after one full day, we panicked because we had so many downloads. We had a couple thousand downloads in one day and we raised it to 99 cents. Silly us That was a bad thing to do We should have just left it and released Yeah but book. We are so brand new We had no idea We were, were like We're losing money, money. We weren't we thought, Yeah we weren't Yeah Yeah So that was a mistake Don't I mean you see a book Getting downloaded Don't panic and be like Ah crap They, You know Because they wouldn't Download it at a different price That's the reason They're downloading it Yeah So you you release a book At 99 cents And it's doing really really well And you're like Crap I'm losing money Raise it $2.99 That it shoots yourself In the foot basically so the key of Kalenya, I would have to say releasing it free was a very good idea. And the reason for that is I had zero other books out and the whole purpose in the beginning is not to make money. It is to make your, it is to set the, the set the groundwork for a future career. And so you do what you need to do to get reviews and things like that. And this is obviously not going to be, this is, what has worked for me and I'm only talking to my own experience here, but releasing in the very beginning at free will help garner traffic and reviews and things like that. Especially if you go and, you know, take my increase your reviews course, which actually has got some good stuff in it.
1: It actually does. That's good.
0: It actually does. (laughs) I'm so self deprecating. (laughs) Anyway, let's see. So of Klenia released it free. We raised the price 99 cents. We made $30 in one day and we were like, "Woo, we're rich. Yeah. We thought it was so awesome. And then sales dropped to zero because everybody's like, wait, I thought it was going to be free. And then Ember Gods, we released Ember Gods. So that was, let's see, we released Ember Gods a few months later and then we, we, we released Samara uh, the next month after that. Now here's where we should have, um, we made a whole lot of, uh, put a, pushed the Key of Klenia quite heavily, which we should not have done because I had thousands and thousands of downloads and then nobody, they didn't... We had very few downloads on the next book because I, you know, didn't have anything for them to read after they downloaded that first book.
1: Book uh, book two and three are your most important books, I guess. I mean, you have to... You have to you're creating a habit in people. You can't create a habit with one book. So what do you mean? What do you mean creating a habit? Like, for them to read, to like... They want, you know, they read something, reading Andrew Pearson's books should be somebody's habit.
0: Okay. I see what you're saying.
1: Like, and you, if you have one book, it can't be a habit. Yeah. They're not going to, no.
0: Yeah. And studies have shown that, uh, that readers don't even remember names of authors until they've read three or four books. And so that's true. I mean, I've read two or three books of several authors and I can't even remember their names, you know? We launched launched Key of Kalenya. and then when we launched Ember Gods, we did all the same things all over again. We put a lot of money toward it, and they they had nowhere to go. Like there's two, only two books, and nowadays it's even worse than that. There's so much more competition. This was in 2011, you know. And then I released Samara, which was a passion project that I probably I don't know. It actually was our best selling book for a long time because it was in the romance genre and it had a cute cover, but it's it. Did nowadays? I mean, two fantasies and then one romance that was tied to the fantasies and in in ways that confused people. You know, because they they saw that it was a Kalenia romance, so they were expecting magic and there was no magic in it, and Jacob wasn't even in it. And
1: anyway, um, it was yeah, it was a, a it was a side character. I mean, she's you know, it was about she's
0: his brother's girlfriend. Yeah, it was a cute story, and it's still one of I mean, not any it's not anymore one of my best downloaded books, but it was for quite some time. Okay, so then August Fortress came out and we started doing things. We started learning and lo- we I put a uh, key of cleaning up at free, perma-free. And that's when we actually started making money in the triple digits per month, which, Woo-hoo. yeah. I mean, I was pretty excited about that middle grade fantasy. Nowadays, I understand how hard it is to sell middle grade fantasy, you know? And then he, anyway, so then we released the books every few months after that. And it was pretty, we did it pretty much on schedule, like every four months you know? And so sales steadily increased. I did not do any major launches and I still do not do big launches. And we can talk about that in a little bit, but okay. I'll actually, we can talk about it right now. So a big launch, I'm, I'm still not, I think that if you are aiming for Amazon algorithms, it's really easy to mess up a big launch and it's, and big launches tend to be very important if you're in Kindle Unlimited. My my thing with big launches, if you're going to do it, make sure you do it right. Make sure you do send the right traffic there, make sure you have a lot of reviews, make sure you've got the right price for other book like books like look at the other books in your genre, what what are they being launched at? And then the right promotional websites. I mean, it's so easy to mess up a big launch and lose a lot of money. And so I what I generally do is I do big launches occasionally, but I generally save my money, my marketing money for promotions that are epic, that are huge. And I usually wait until there's several books in the series. And a lot of the time it'll be like, I'm releasing book five, but I put all my money to book one. And so it's kind of like a launch for book five, but it's more mostly pushing book one. And I've had a lot more success doing that than with big, doing big launches. And most of my books, this is all because my books are all wide. And so things are a little different when you're not in Kindle Unlimited. But for Kindle Unlimited, for the Shade Amulet, we did, we released in December and then we did a huge push in January and it's, it's done well. It's still holding on to that, you know.
1: It's hard to, especially when it's your very first book. Yeah. Because people will look at like your other books and you don't have any other books. They'll be like, what? Other books as this person wrote, how many reviews do they have? Do people like them? There isn't any of that information. Yeah. It's just like one book with no reviews.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's no track record. And so they don't, they don't, that social proof is not there. And so they're not as willing to take a risk, you know? Um, let's see. So when I released discern, uh, I did things a little bit differently. I wanted to make sure that I did discern right. And by right, I mean, I had two to 300 beta readers, And this was all marketing. It wasn't necessarily because I didn't have confidence in the writing. I did it. I did two to 300 beta readers because it was like, they were like art copies. So what I did was I wrote the first two chapters. I got feedback on those two chapters and it was basically me finding clever, quote unquote, clever ways to get new readers because a lot of those readers stuck around and they now buy my books at full price. And the reason I did beta readers is, I don't know, it kind of feels a little manipulative right now saying it i did it so that they would have a reason to read my book you know because and i did i read their feedback
1: i'm fine with manipulation for profit i think it's fine
0: <laughs> you're so evil he's totally serious that's right
1: it's called advertising in general
0: <laughs> congratulations
1: point. you did like a stealth advertising campaign that's regular like hey would you like would you like this free soda i mean like when i was in college like pizza trucks and soda trucks would show up and give us stuff <laughs> and then if you liked it then you would go to the student union and buy one later. Yeah
0: but I wasn't necessarily needing feedback on the book.
1: Well they, that's what they'd ask us they're like hey you know like please they would ask us for what we thought. Okay. Like literally they're like here try this. Oh flavor. I see what you're saying. Okay. Hey, or try this new topping you know and then if you liked it we usually we'd end up getting one later on, yeah. with our own money.
0: Yeah. I used two to 300. Yeah. So, okay. But I also did look for patterns in, you know, I did notice a pattern of, Hey, Nicole's a little bit not nice, you know, and I was able to fix that and things like that. And then
1: people should connect with your main character. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They don't have to like everything about them, but they should, you know,
0: I tend to be very blunt and she was a little bit blunt in her thoughts that made people and made people, I don't know, So then, okay. So when I finished the book, I released it as a perma-free and I kept it up as a perma-free for a very long time. And because my goal was not to get downloads on discern, my goal was to get it reviewed. And it is a lot easier to get a verified review on a free book and you want verified reviews. And so I talked to those people who'd read the first two chapters and I had them download discern as a free book and then, uh, give me feedback. And then, I and they could read the book again after I'd made changes and then they'd post a review. My goal with that was to build up those reviews while I was writing the rest of the series. So I wrote the next five books in the, books in the series and I didn't start releasing them until the next summer. So Discern came out in October 2014 and I started releasing the next books in the series in July of the next year, I believe. And I released one a month starting in July until November-ish. And I had a good deadline. That was when our uh, second child was due. We had a very, very big months starting in October and November. And I that was a really good launch. And I would love to do that again.
1: I guess what we're saying is the launch doesn't have to happen when the book comes out. Yeah. Yep. Um, you can prep beforehand. Yeah. To get some social proof before you really push it,
0: and this is it, this is for Kindle Unlimited and wide books because you Kindle Unlimited that those first few days and those first few weeks are really important for algorithms. But as a new author, it's a lot harder to take advantage of the algorithms, especially when you don't understand them very well and without a whole lot of books and experience
1: under your and belt. Kindle Unlimited requires you to release very quickly. It does so within weeks.
0: Within weeks, like there's a fourteen day drop. Off, there's an 18-day drop-off, 30-day, 90-day, 60-day. I mean, the faster you release within reason, the better your books will go do. So, releasing one a day, you don't, you're not giving the algorithms time to build up enough. You want to have, you know, a little bit more time than that. But frequent releases. My thing is, if you screw up a launch. Don't, it, it's not a big deal. Like you can always, you can always redo it, especially if you're doing a series. You, you re-promote that first book every time you launch another book in the series. I feel like authors tend to panic too much over launches and they tend to panic so much that they they freeze themselves and they immobilize themselves and they end up either making bad decisions or not doing anything.
1: I, I think it's because there's so much effort built up in writing a book that they want it all. They release it and then expect, um... Fireworks and they, confetti. Yeah, yeah. When it usually, it's something that happens slightly later.
0: Yeah. Yep. And I mean, it, that's also a big launch is something that big p- publishing used to push heavily. That's, you because, know.
1: that's because they measured everything off sales velocity.
0: Yeah. That, those first few days, if a book didn't do well in the first week or two, they usually dropped it.
1: Yeah. Because they, they'd they move on to the next one. They wouldn't yep. have time to invest. All the, all the money they made w- was upfront. Yeah. And everything went down from there. Yep. And so- Indie authors sometimes have that mentality as well, where it's if I don't start out big, it's over, and it's all downhill from there. And that's not necessarily that's
0: not the not that's not the case. I mean, looking at the release of *Kiev Kalenya* versus the release of I don't know what is what's been one of my biggest releases. Withhold had a really really successful release. Withhold is book nine in my Mosaic Chronicles. It there's there's huge difference there and so the re- release for withhold we did a lot of different things with that and I'll talk about that in just a minute but my I know that Amazon algorithms they they favor big heavy per- heavy launches but at this point if a big heavy launch is going to freeze you up and make you unable to do anything don't worry about them write your next book write your next book do a quiet launch you know fit, focus on getting reviews and then I mean think this kind of stuff if it stresses you out then it's just going to make it so that you can't be effective and your goal is to be an author, not to be, you know, somebody who, you know, worries over all the marketing and promoting and all that,
1: which is part of it. You have to do that. You have to wear that hat, but yeah, not at the expense of actually. I mean, you can't promote if you don't have a book.
0: Yeah. You can build a newsletter list if you book. but don't I mean, there's book, no but there's no point. There's yeah, you're not going to make any money.
1: Like literally no point. Like the the only reason why marketing is even a thing is because you wrote a book. Yeah. So write books.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, releasing a new book is a great way to promote a previous book, especially if it's in the same series. You know,
1: right? And you can put that in there, but like in in to celebrate my third book coming out. Uh, book one is on sale. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. People do that all the time. It's not weird.
0: Okay. So my recommendation is to write, write, write with minimal advertising until you have a solid backlist. And by solid, I mean like six plus books, hopefully in the same series, then hit the first book hard. And you want to make sure that first book is solid. So pay attention to your reviews, especially if it's the first book you've ever written or ever published, pay attention to your reviews. See if there's, there's a theme that you're noticing, have a whole ton of beta readers read it, you know, and then You can can edit it quietly and re-release it and then hit it hard. You don't want to do a huge promotional push when you know there's problems with that first book. And make sure that the book covers are solid and things like that. And then you can focus on successful launches thereafter for each and every book you release if that's what you want to do. But don't panic over launches. But promotions and launches, so there's several different methods, and Nolan talked a little bit about it, like the, the momentum and things like that, so a big spike. So go ahead and explain why a spike is bad.
1: Uh, a spike is bad. It's a sugar high. So you're driving artificial traffic from usually outside of Amazon by BookBub, for instance, yeah. to Amazon, and then immediately the traffic drops. Yeah. And Amazon notices that the traffic is dropping and so doesn't push it internally. Because it can see that it's going down, not yep. up. So if you start high and then drop immediately, yeah, um, the algorithms know not to sustain your um, advertising internally. Yep. Yep. And they won't start, you know, those little ads you see all over Amazon, like sponsor product, blah, 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 blah all that stuff. It doesn't populate those with your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we do something different.
0: Yeah. Yep. We do very gradual and slow lead
1: up. Right. So when we do a major promotion or launch or whatever, we have a lot of other, like say we're, we know when we we're pushing for a book bub, we'll get like 10 or 20. I don't even know how many. Other promotions mm-hmm. from other um, advertising mm-hmm. websites, and then have them on days before
0: mm-hmm.
1: BookBub and after.
0: Yeah, we I'll have like the smallest one first, and then leading up to the biggest one. Then BookBub, and then I have big ones leading down to small ones after.
1: Right, because you want to because when BookBub hits, it's going to be big, but then you want to stay up there. So you have advertising afterwards to yeah. keep it high, so that when Amazon sees that you're selling steadily. Yep at a specific level then they start to realize the algorithms notice that it's not just a one off yep And then pick you up and then start promoting you.
0: Yeah. And so the reason why you want to do a lead up to BookBub and then a lead down or and by the way, this advice holds for non BookBub. So like if you're at fantasy, Book Barbarian is is a really good place to advertise and same with like Robin Reads and things like that. Fussy Librarian still. Fussy Librarian doesn't do it. I mean, they do well, but they're not one of the bigger ones. So you don't have to have BookBub to have a successful book launch. And I, in my big bang promotions um, course, I actually talk about a, a promotion I ran that had no book bub that got me almost 10,000 downloads. I mean, it was really good. So the goal is to, to have your heavy hitter be in the, probably the, th- the, th- Three quarter mark and have a slow, gradual lead up to it and then a slow taper off. And the reason you want to do a taper off is because then Amazon sees that it's still getting um, attention after that big spike. You don't want it to drop off suddenly because then, like Nolan said, Amazon's like, oh, well, this is no longer relevant, you know,
1: and they stop. Yeah, you get a relevance score. I mean, it doesn't tell you what it is, but I mean, it decides whether you matter or not. Yeah, basically. And if you're there one day and then gone the next, you don't matter. Yep. You have to be selling every day to matter.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I I talk about this much more in detail in that Big Bangs Promotions course. Um, like I just I basically lay out my entire schedule leading up to and for the one that we did that got us. Oh, how many downloads did we get? 60,000 downloads on discern over like a month and a half period. I had a lead up to my book bub of I think about a month It was a very, very involved and really fun promotion to plan. Uh, Let's see. So that's promotions, launches, and all that. And yeah, so your launch doesn't need to be huge, but you want to plan big promotions about once every quarter to once every six months on your books, not necessarily on the same book.
1: No, it's better if you do different books. You'll get um, fatigue and they won't be very effective.
0: Yeah. And some places won't even accept you that often.
1: Yeah. For the same reason, because they don't want to push a book that won't. Get downloaded. That's exactly. why people come to them. They're like, "Why is this book being promoted again?" You know, the yeah. users, and they're just not gonna click on, want to go to their website or user service anymore. Exactly. They want to see new stuff, or at least stuff they haven't seen in a while.
0: Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I do that gets um, gets people to download... So, okay, so Kindle Unlimited, with my Shade Amulet series book, I have not hit my readers very heavily with that. It's never dropped low, lower than $2.99, which is its full price, pretty much. And I know that most of my readers have not downloaded it, but I am not... I'm waiting until... And it's because it's the first book in a new series, and so even your, your dedicated readers will hesitate to start a new series...
1: So just keep that in mind. It even has a character from the other series as yeah. the main character. So it's yeah. not even a character they're unfamiliar with.
0: Yeah, but they they're still hesitation. I hesitate to start new series by favorite authors, you know. I will I'm going to be planning a big promotion. I'm hoping to get a book bub obviously, but if I don't get one, I, it's not going to be the end of the world. I'll still do my promotion, but what I'll do with that one is I will do download bonuses, incentives for people. It's an ethical bribe for people to download and Uh, I also talk about that in the Big Bang Promotions course. I tell you exactly how to run that. But what I've done in the past is I've used um, uh, just odds and ends, little things, bits of artwork that we've done. Uh, I've turned my book covers into coloring pages. Um, These are things that my readers actually requested. Word searches, uh, other authors' books. Um, Let's see, what else? Just random things that uh, my own books, just random things that my readers would like and so download bonuses are huge. They're a great way to get people to actually download who don't normally download. They don't work if readers have bought your book already, though, because they can't, they won't be able to download it again. And if they, and you can always be like, well, download on a different retailer, but most people aren't going to go to a retailer where they don't normally buy books. My rule is if you're in Kindle Unlimited, don't give away book one for free and don't give away, unless your model is to release your first book at a discount, don't discount your books until six months to a year later and then hit things really, really hard. All right. Do you want to talk about relaunching the Kalenia Chronicles compared to, I mean, just relaunching it completely?
1: Um, Have you ever been to a grocery store and then um, you're looking for like some crackers you like and you can't find them. And then you notice that it has a different box and it says new look on it. Same great taste. Same great taste. They even tell you the box is just different. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to redo your covers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because they, the tastes change. Um, when we did Key of Kalenia, it was way early in the self-publishing thing. So yeah. they they're above average at the time.
0: The book covers were.
1: The book covers were, yeah, um, and then they were not. And then they were below average. Yes, <laughs> a few years later, and they look dated. Um yeah. So part of the launch was um, not realizing which genre it was supposed to be in precisely. Are you
0: talking about first the older write. book covers?
1: That too. The the new old ones. Yeah, the the uh, didn't fit the genre anymore, and then. Um, Content-wise, we tried to rec- retcon them <laughs> into the uh, the bigger series, um, yeah. the um, Mosaic Chronicles. I,
0: I I always wanted to have Jacob in my in my Kalina Chronicles be sixteen, but I had a my previous publisher wanted him to be fourteen, which is a dead zone. By the way, eighteen is also another dead zone. If you're writing YA, you want your characters to be 16-ish and if you're writing middle grade you want them to be 12-ish and if you're writing adult you want them to be 30 honestly and and you that's because I mean how many people consider a 22 year old to be an adult not many people don't consider them to be grown ups and interesting to are. read yeah, they're, they're just legally. failed grown ups <laughs> well, whatever
1: if you're not a grown up by the time you're 22 you're a failed adult there.
0: oh really
1: that's my opinion
0: <laughs> so grow up that's funny because you were... Where were you at when you were 22?
1: Living on my own. I was in college, actually.
0: Oh, were you? Okay, I thought that was when you were living in your mom's basement. <laughs> no,
1: that was after college, like everyone.
0: <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, so your main characters need to be in their 30s if you're writing adults. I mean, sometimes you can get away with younger, but I, I pulled... I've pulled, I pulled my readers about everything, and my readers who prefer adult fiction they say they don't like reading about people who are in their 20s because they're still in college they're still they're dealing with you know stuff that's becoming an adult so going through college getting a career and starting a family they'd rather read about people who are established as adults so that's a little bit side thing there that was totally off topic
1: no i agree though i mean even if you're really responsible in 22 you don't you haven't done any adult stuff yet.
0: Yeah, it's not like... I mean, James Bond's not 22. He'd be boring as a 22-year-old. You know, he'd be like Johnny English.
1: <laughs> he'd be a British naval officer.
0: Oh, that's true. Good point. <laughs> we relaunched the Clenny Chronicles with my main character being two years older, and it has it's done so much better. I mean, it's almost outsold in... in let's see, Clenia series was up from 2011 through 2017, and in the it's been 6 months now since we released the new series and they've done almost as well as the book had done in se- the series had done in 6 7 years. So we gave them new book covers and we launched them under new ASINs. Do you want to
1: explain why we decided to relaunch them as completely new books? Um all of the old reviews didn't correlate with the new material. That was a side reason. Okay. The main reason is algorithms. Oh, that too. We wanted to start over because they the, they were trained to look for different people. Yeah. Yep. The, the audience was a different audience than the one we wanted.
0: I actually totally screwed myself over. I, re, I published, I mean, I advertised with romance authors. And so the Key of Kalenia's also bots were like all over the place. Nonfiction and fiction and thrillers and romance. It was just, they were, it was a mess. Yeah. And so, yeah, relaunching under a new ASIN, it's like a fresh start. So you, we had new book covers, new descriptions.
1: Had to give up all the old reviews and all which the old stuff. But it wasn't doesn't
0: even doesn't even ca- care. I mean, I don't even care. I mean, yeah, Keith Klayne had like two hundred reviews, but
1: yeah. Just keep in mind, you are losing all that stuff.
0: You're losing that stuff, but if I mean, you're gaining so much, so much more. I feel like that's like Potential- very dramatic.
1: <laughs> you're potentially gaining more. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you want to make sure you do it the right way, though. So you relaunch, make sure you get lots of reviews.
1: If you do any shared promotions, make sure they're with the same genre.
0: Yeah, same genre with with other authors. Yeah, I do recommend doing newsletter swaps and things like that with people who are in the same genre. Not just same genre, but same su- sub-genre.
1: It's nice to, like, well, after, I guess, if you do a soft launch and then you see who... Else buys the books and you can target, do a hard lunch. You can target those authors. Yeah. Because they're similar.
0: Well, if you're doing a relaunch, then you'll already be familiar with who your audience exactly. is. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, we relaunched the clinic Chronicles in November. I, we, we released all of the books the same day, which read through was pretty awesome. I mean, we had a really good read through. I did learn that epic teen, epic fantasy is still a hard sell because it's it's not
1: quite being number two in epic teen fantasy is yeah (laughs) number 100,000
0: yeah no it was like Uh, number 4,000 or something like that yeah
1: 4,000 it
0: wasn't nearly as fantastic as
1: we would have hoped it would be or yeah or teen uh royalty
0: (laughs) yeah actually Um, i was in teen royalty because he is a teen royal so yeah no
1: we were were like top 10 teen royalty yeah fantasy royalty yeah
0: yeah, whatever that's worth exactly so it's still a tough sell but it sells much much better it does sell much better. and I I did a lot of changes in that book edit, editorial wise you know it wasn't just his age I did make quite a few changes in the story itself so so if you're thinking about relaunching uh, here I mean what are the questions they should ask themselves um,
1: okay um, what makes me feel like relaunching would be a good idea yeah <laughs> what is it specifically do you think it's your book cover uh, the genre uh, you know,
0: Do you want a fresh start and think you could do better now?
1: Yeah, um, because you're going to need to do all those things anyway. Have a clear idea of why you want to relaunch and Mm -hmm. what your target is. Maybe you targeted the wrong people the first time, Mm -hmm. and maybe your editing doesn't need to be changed that much. But since you were advertising to the wrong people... It wasn't effective, and so uh, Amazon or whoever's algorithms are looking at the wrong people trying to sell that book to them, and then they're not buying it, and you're not getting anywhere. Yep. Because you're like, hey, this person, I'm looking for this person, buy my book, and they're like, no. Yeah. You know, and but that's who, that's the pool of people, some of which did buy it. So the uh, Amazon mistakenly thinks that those are the people that are most likely to buy your book because it's the only people that it's seen. Yeah. That's what we mean by algorithms, you know, like the, so, the program that decides who to show what to.
0: Okay, so, I mean, you're th- what are the reasons why, I mean, to fix algorithms, I mean, what else, why else would somebody want to relaunch?
1: Book cover, like I said, um, it doesn't fit the genre anymore. Yeah, and you don't, don't have updated. to do,
0: relaunch as a new ASIN to switch the book covers out, you know, but it does, I mean...
1: On its own, that wouldn't be enough per se, but you, I mean, because you can just upload a new cover. Well,
0: that's what I did with Discern. Remember, we have, Mm -hmm. I've got the case studies in my my course where I relaunched with a new book cover without a new ASIN, and we had
1: a huge successful promotion. Just like that box of crackers.
0: Just like the the box of crackers. It caught new attention. Yeah,
1: exactly. You're like, this isn't where things would normally be. What color is this? And then, you know, it's not like the other colors on the shelf.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm got attention got yeah exactly if you want to launch relaunch as a new asin you need to be prepared obviously to lose your reviews you can have amazon switch them over um but in my case i didn't want to because they all mentioned that the book was great for like younger kids and that it no longer was i mean his dad gets kidnapped and tortured so not
1: that's that's real life why can't kids know about torture
0: yes so you want to decide I mean do you want to lose reviews in in favor of a boost in the algorithms because Amazon does does favor new books over old books.
1: This is also true. And then just make sure when you redo it like I said make sure you know why you're doing it and then what was you know the difference between then and now. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like I was here and I want to be here. Yeah. How do I change my cover and my content to equal this new targeting that I want to go for so that you don't mess all of the also bots and stuff up again? Yeah. yeah. If that's what happened the first time, you know.
0: So and also, I mean, I changed the title for the first book in the series, but I left all the other titles pretty much the same, removing the word the from them. It's I, that's not a problem. Amazon doesn't even care and it helps readers know that it's the same series basically and i kept the series title i change it from clenny series to clanny chronicles because i don't want one of the worst things you can do is is actually treat it like a completely brand new book until and, and then expect your readers to download it you will get negative reviews i promise because you're like hey i released this new book they're going to be like if you're not completely upfront about it in the description and the inside of the book and as a note, I mean, people sometimes don't even read the description. They just see it's a new book from their favorite author. And so you need to find ways to make sure that they know, because you will get reviews that comment that, Hey, this was the same book I read before, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it is possible to have a relaunch that is a soft relaunch that is not a completely new book. And I, you do that just by running a, I've just changed something about it, a description or the book cover, and then push it heavily and run a big promotion. I mean, if you have any so questions, um, what's that? This is all juicy stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what people think about this. Um, if you have any questions about marketing, go ahead and support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash self publish strong. And we would love to answer your questions in a future episode. And if you want to have your book, an excerpt of your book, read, on the air, then go ahead and support us and all of that. What is our schedule for next
1: week? What are we doing next week? Do you remember? No.
0: <laughs> Crap. And I don't have my folder right here.
1: <laughs> we are going to do a podcast next week on stuff.
0: On a movie. Yes. Was it Thor Ragnarok? Uh, We can do that one. No, we've got a schedule
1: we've already announced. Uh, Listen to our last podcast. Yeah, listen to our
0: last podcast and we'll tell you what movie we're watching for next week.
1: (laughs) We're a week off, I think. Yeah, Um, we are. We're still a week off. My voice is doing better.
0: Yeah, and my um, voice
1: is starting to die now. Sorry. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It really is because yeah. it was miserable. Like, seriously, two weeks, I could barely talk.
0: Yeah. The kids and and Nolan were all sick, and I was like, yay, I'm not going to get sick, and I've been eating vitamin C, and today I started feeling sick. So if you have any questions about uh, Patreon, about um, about the courses, anything like that, go ahead and send me an email at com, and go grab your copy of Big Bang Promotions for 50% off and use the what was the coupon code i said just because
1: just because my favorite code yes
0: selfpublishedstrongcourses.com for the big bang promotions course that expires on next saturday night which is i did i say june 23rd at something yes yes yeah, something like that at midnight i am i am very tired i think we're going to end this podcast episode now You okay with that?
1: Yeah. If you don't remember, listen to the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We covered it at the beginning. Um, Yes.
0: Exactly. Anyway, (laughs) thank you for listening and have a great week and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.